welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loizel. And with me, you know, the Mr. Know-It-All of the film universe. you goddamn right. <laughs> is, uh, you know. Mark Salcedo. Um, I am the Watcher. That's comic book reference. That sounds just dirty. Well, the Watcher is pretty. The Watcher, Jesus Christ! I can talk about hours how guys, how much that guy is a dirty person. But anyway, yes. Hi. So why would you admit you're the Watcher on air? I don't know. I'm not thinking Jesus straight. Christ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, for anyone who is new to the show, we talk about film. We talk about news related film comic stuff Mm -hmm. um we do a couple of segments try to have a little bit of fun um but we do it with a perspective of me not having really any nostalgia for film because i you know my alter ego is patrick star who huh who's patrick star you're spongebob oh (laughs) um i can laugh like patrick (laughs) I don't think it's hard to laugh like I Patrick. I can, do, I can do SpongeBob. Oh, crap. I can't do it. Never mind. <laughs> You're like, <sighs> yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. 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 All right. Um, so I don't have nostalgia for film. And Patrick, Patrick, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Patrick Mark? here. <laughs> Mark does. Um, so we give our opinions of new film and then old film and... You all have to put up with our opinions. Yes. Uh, you want to let everybody know what we're going to be talking about today? Which films we're going to be talking about? Yes. Um, in case you didn't get it from the title of our episode, you know, yeah. 48 or, Hours of Flexing. <laughs> yeah. Or the or the thumbnail that, you know, I, magi- I magically created. It's my <laughs> masterpiece. It's magically delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ar- ar- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, 48 Hours. Mm, is our geriatric cinematic. Yeah. And um, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. You know, all muscle, all the time, nonstop. For 48 hours. 48 hours of flexing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're doing those two. Um, we thought they would be a good match, not having seen Hobbs and Shaw before, which is, you know, kind of roughly how we tend to do it anyways. We're like, we think this would be a good match, so we're just going to watch that. And then usually we're pretty good. And if not, you know, mm. who cares? It's still fun. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the fact that I got to show you 48 Hours because it's Eddie Murphy and I fucking love that film and I love Eddie Murphy. Well, it's his old stuff. Yeah. I I will reserve my opinion for later. <gasps> okay. Don't don't worry. Oh, okay. Woo, all right. <laughs> Woo. No, but that's going to be a Jack Nicholson scenario. Like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, we're just going to jump right into the news and uh, Mark's going to go first. Yeah. Uh, Amazon is working on a Event Horizon TV show. Now, for those of you who have not seen this movie, this is the 1997, I'm going to say how he says it, Paul W.S. Anderson. That's, a, that's how he says his name. Uh-huh. That's really bad. Anyway, <laughs> he's the guy who directed all those really bad Resident Evil movies. Anyway, uh, Amazon is going to make a TV show based off of the sci-fi horror film. Now, 
I love Event Horizon. It is like the last movie that genuinely genuinely scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to it's it's hard for me to really be scared of horror films because I've seen so much of them and I've seen a, everything. Um, but if you make a horror film that sticks with me to this day, that you did a good job. Um, the person behind this is uh, Adam Wing- Wingard. Wingard, sorry. Uh, he was behind 2014's The Guest, another great film. Uh, but he was also behind the Blair Witch movie, the 2016 uh, sequel, I guess, third film. I forgot they even did that. Yeah, I know. Um, and yeah, he currently is producing uh, next year's uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong. Um, so I'm really, di- I'm really looking forward to this because Event Horizon, it's like... It's a it's a story of of a sci-fi. It's a sorry. It's a story of a space crew that um, finds uh, what's it called? They get a distress, distress call from a another space station that was testing this like hyper jump device. Um, they activate it and the ship disappeared for like ten years or some shit. And then after ten years, it just popped out of nowhere outside of like Saturn. Mm. So this crew is going to investigate what happened to that crew, and it's like bloody, it's gory. I really like like how they explain the whole hyperdrive and where this uh, this uh, crew went to. Um, there are mo- there are two versions of this. There's the R-rated version, and there's the NC-17 version. That apparently most of the footage have been lost. And the reason why it's NC-17 is because it gets super duper fucking graphic. Like, mm. there's literally a part where, like, the walls are covered in body parts and blood and brains and stuff like that. Wow. But it's a great horror film. It stars uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, uh, a couple other folks. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. I don't really watch uh, horror TV shows because they're, I don't know, they, they're, they're TV shows. They don't really, they don't have an R-rated feel to it. Yeah. But this is Amazon, and they've done The Boys, which is pretty brutal. I'm hoping this is going to be brutal as fuck as well. Okay, so put, putting aside the fact that it's for Amazon, mm-hmm. and putting aside the fact that you like the movie, mm-hmm. do you think that um, Adam Wingard is going to bring it across the finish line and do it justice? Um, like, I would be excited for something. Yeah. But I always have like a reservation because I'm like, I don't know this person. I don't I don't know because he's producing and directing it. And I'm not really familiar with his. Let me go ahead and tappy tap tap on my computer to find out what he's directed. <laughs> um, I think he will because, like I said, Paul W.S. Um, Anderson directed it. And that dude's a shitty director, but he made a really good fucking film. Oh, yes. This dude can do it. This dude can do it because... Like I said, this dude has directed The Guest, great like throwback kind of action 80s uh, horror film. He did Your Next, a great horror film. He did one of the segments for uh, this anthology show, uh, anthology movie called VHS. Um, I don't know. I don't remember which story he did. Uh, Brad segment. Oh, tape 56. I don't know which one that one is. But um, the dude has, he has shown promise, especially in Your Next. Your Next is a really great um thriller it's a it's a slasher it's a slasher film so it's really good um so yeah i think he can do it especially like i said paul david Anson can suck my dick because he's such a bad director i mean the dude make the resident evil movies and all those movies are god awful um but if they get this dude and he's gonna direct the, the series 
Um, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic he's going to do a good job. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I really actually want to see what that's about. Yeah, I need. If anything, I just I need you to watch Event Horizon. It's a it's a great film to watch. This is something that we don't need to even really do a show about. Just something just to watch. Be or like, you know, maybe we could. We can probably find a connection to that. You, you know? know, with space that that one movie that's coming out with. Um, oh, the one with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. No, I know what movie we can do with that. What? Oh. No. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Finish your laugh. Finish your laugh. Maybe. <laughs> Fine. All right. All right. All right. Um, my news article for today is mm-hmm. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are going to be doing um, an Amazon series. Yes. So, you know, Amazon's winning the day today. Yeah. Holy shit. I didn't, yes. Am- another Amazon store. I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, before you continue, you and I both enjoy uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost film. We love the Cornetto trilogy. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Are you Nick Frost or am I Nick Frost? Are you Simon Pegg or am I Simon Pegg? Um, I see myself as Nick Frost. Do you really? Yeah, because I can get kind of stupid. Okay. I can go with that. Mm-hmm. Plus Simon Pegg in the movie, you know, he has kind of red hair and you have red hair. Yeah. You got a red goatee as well. <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Continue, continue. Um, so they're going to be playing in a show called Truth Seekers, mm-hmm. and it's an original series on Amazon, and um, according to Variety, they actually thought about this when they started their production company, um, Stolen Pictures, in 2017. Mm, okay. Um, what I'm excited about about this, actually, uh-huh. after reading the article, is that it's ghost hunting. Did, didn't you used to like watching those shows, those ghost, ghost hunter shows? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, but listen. Okay, I'm, all right. <laughs> I'm going to take you to the world that you don't that you don't know anything about. <gasps> but supernatural. I, but, I, but I know everything. Oh, the show Supernatural? Mm-hmm. Oh, pfft. I, hey, the ball, the, everything is yours. Go. <laughs> Lead. De- de- destroy. Okay, this is why I'm excited. Mm. Because Supernatural, like, what feel do you get from that show? <sighs> like, not sarcastically, like, legitimately. I, I Fun. I get a fun feel. A fun feel? Yeah, like, if, if I got into it earlier, I probably could have stuck with it. Because it, from, from the fan base and from, like, little articles I see of episodes they're going to do, it looks like it looks like it's a fun show to watch. Okay. They did, and it keeps coming back sometimes, but they started Mm -hmm. doing episodes here and there where they run into ghost hunters, (gasps) and they're these little fucking douchey little guys with a little steady cam and like a little van, and Uh like they're getting in their way, and they're like, yo, you guys are not, like, you guys aren't ghost hunters, you guys aren't legit like we are, and they're all fucking nerdy, and like, they're jerks, right? Uh And like... Of course, Sam and Dean Winchester are like, like we're just trying to protect you guys. Like, you, they don't the the ghost hunters don't actually believe in this stuff, but they're they're like actually like trying to make shit up for like good ratings or whatever. Oh, they're in it for like the profit. They're not in it for like exactly. saving the world or discovering stuff. Okay, so it's like good comedic relief. So mm-hmm. like, as soon as I heard or like I read the article about 
uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, mm-hmm. I was like immediately transported back to like the ridiculousness of those episodes. Oh, okay, right on. All right, all right. Uh, oh yeah, okay. I'm I'm totally behind that. I'm I'm totally behind. If there were like you know three thousand seasons. Of that show, I probably start watching it. But the way how you describe it, and you're comparing it to this, uh, comparing it to this show, um, what what is, what's the synopsis of it, or what's the show about? Um, let's see. The synopsis is uh, Frost plays Gus, one half of a ghost hunting duo who teams up uh, to uncover and film paranormal sightings across the United Kingdom in the series. They stake out haunted churches underground bunkers and abandoned hospitals using an array of homemade ghost detecting gizmos and share their adventures on an online channel. Their supernatural experiences grow more frequent, terrifying and even deadly as the pair begin to uncover a conspiracy that could threaten an entire, the entire human race. Mm, Okay. Um, Peg, Peg will also star as Dave, a character about whom little is yet known and further casting will be announced. Okay. So it's like, it's a little different, but like. Do you think maybe it might be like a found footage type deal? I do, but I just really think that it's going to be ridiculous. Uh huh. And like, I don't know. It's, I know people take it seriously. And like, for me, there's Mm -hmm. a a lot of it that I do believe, but I know a lot of people just do this shit for ratings. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think it's fun to just like poke fun at it or whatever and. Plus, like the comedic, the comedic duo of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. I mean, those two, along with uh, Edgar Wright, are the ones who really sold those those Cornetto, Cornetto films. Um, I'm getting a vibe like it's kind of going to be like this uh, show called What We Do in the Shadows. Um, that was I won't say like a found footage, but it was almost like. I guess it was. It was. It kind of reminded me of uh, what we do in the shadows. It's like if vampires really existed, but like a documentary, a documentary crew followed them, mm-hmm. kind of like The Office. Right. It was kind of like that, and I, and the movie was really good. It was directed by uh, Takawatiti, um, and then they have a TV series that's on FX that I hear is really good. So I'm kind of getting that vibe with with this uh, with this show called uh, True Seekers. So I'm happy maybe. that it's a show and it's not like. Another movie, like oh yeah, that means we're gonna get like at least six you can eight get episodes. Little, yeah, you can get like little bites of them, and you don't have to like watch them for two hours. And you're like, oh man, I'll never see them again until the I next know. time you see them. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, here goes another four year gap between seeing them again together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally on board. I like I anything anything with Simon Pegg, I'll watch. Maybe anything with Nick Frost, I'll watch. Maybe. Uh, but them together, psh, I'm there. Fantastic. I don't even know that I've seen Nick Frost in anything on his own. He's done quite a solo. He's done quite a few solo films. Um, they haven't been really like blockbusters or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's not his style. Yeah, it's not his style. He was in that movie called Fighting with My Family, the one about the the, the biography about that wrestler. Oh, okay. Uh, he played like the father of the wrestler. I can't remember the name of the the uh, wrestler. She's like a British wrestler yeah i don't know she, i think it's the one that you like the one who's who's like the t- who was like the champion who'd be like ronda rousey and uh oh my god yeah but she has red hair yeah maybe it's not her i don't think it's her because oh. the girl in the movie had black hair yeah that's what i'm thinking uh is that something it's probably someone else 
Um, tabity tap tap tabity tap tap again. Uh, Fighting with my family is a comedy drama directed by Tedd Image. Uh, oh, Mumble, Mumble, Page, wrestler Page. Oh yeah, yeah. That, Mumble, I, Mumble, Kyle Mumble. likes Page. I, my brother Kyle. Uh, he likes Page. Ah, gotcha. I, I'm really picky. I like turning pages on books. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. Awesome. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is awesome. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that one. And Everything is awesome. Okay, sorry. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we'll you'll hear about it when it comes out. Um, yeah, sometime next year. You know, if we tell you about it in our try this, not that, will it be try this, or will it be not that? <laughs> oh my god. Go keep continue. <laughs> <laughs> all right um our topic for discussion since amazon took the cake <laughs> right yeah. streaming this is the the streaming appeal podcast no I'm joking <laughs> uh is netflix in trouble mm-hmm. so the reason we want to know that is because um indiewire released an article saying netflix lost 126 thousand u.s subscribers in the last quarter and they actually projected a growth of i think five million subscribers okay and and um yeah that didn't work out for them <laughs> oh yeah yeah when you say projected growth i'm like oh they they made up i'm like oh no, they projected it and obviously that didn't happen yeah <laughs> yeah they, um, lost, they lost more than they than they were expected to gain i think it said i have the article open. let me look and see what it says uh at one point, it says uh, from IndieWire, it says Netflix said it will add 7 million subscribers in the next quarter. So I guess they're trying to make up for it, but offered uh, no, no specific strategies for fending off its incoming competitors. Yeah. Um, so it said, okay, so it said uh, Netflix, uh, Netflix expected to gain 300,000 U.S. subscribers during the fiscal period, although... Paid Netflix memberships grew by 2.7 million worldwide in quarter two. That growth was far below the company's forecast of 5 million net ads. Um, and Netflix added 5.5 million paid memberships in quarter two last year. Jesus. So. They're losing numbers. What they're trying to say is that if it's 2.7 million worldwide that mm-hmm. they got, they're saying most of that is in other countries. Okay, okay. And so they're losing the United States, which is like a huge... It's a huge market, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, okay, so I don't understand this way of thinking, but if you're going to tell shareholders mm-hmm. that you're going to gain 5, 000, uh, 5 million subscribers in the next quarter, mm. and you do half of that, then all of a sudden, what, you're going to make them up and do 7 million? Do you think they're that stupid? I maybe it's probably the way how they sell it. Maybe that's why they Netflix is feeling confident that they can make up those numbers in the next quarter. So well, here's the thing: mm. two things. They raised their prices not that long ago. That's yeah, probably like, one thing. And then the other thing is that they they had to tell the share the shareholders, mm. and then their stocks dipped like horribly. Yeah, what was it? They so they lost. Um, according to Hollywood Reporter, uh-huh. uh, they lost $17 billion of value in one day. Jesus! Yeah. That's a lot. If, one day. If I lose $17 in one day, I'm like, 
what happened? Now, the article was actually posted in the middle of last month. So it was like a few weeks old. Mm. Um, but considering the stock market kind of tanked, crashed a little bit today. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, like Apple Dow, was losing money and yeah, like, yeah. The Dow went the Dow went down. Yeah, and a lot of people are contributing. Uh, people are, are speculating. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, uh, what's it called? Uh, analysts are, are suspecting that one of the reasons why they, they've, they've lost so much money is because, you know, like Kelsey has said, that they've raised their price, which is $12.99, which I, I was there when Netflix first came, before streaming came along, and it was like, seven or eight dollars i was like cool and then it jumped to like 10 i was like all right cool but i was 12.99 i'm like mm, I, I don't i don't know now <laughs> yeah it's too much because now you've raised your prices mm. and now like people are like okay so hulu's cheaper yeah hulu's cheaper um last week we talked about uh disney disney plus it's going to give you an option to use Hulu as their hub. Mm-hmm. Um, H, uh, Warner Media is, has created HBO Max, which a uh, story came out that all of past and future Doctor Who episodes is, I mean, that's a, that's a small niche group, but they're loading up everything. Mm-hmm. I, can, I think, if I remember correctly, I think the all, no, Friends. I think Friends is going to end up on HBO Max. That's the Warner Media streaming service. Yeah. And, Netflix lost The Office and Friends, and people were just like, "I'm not watching. I don't. I don't need Netflix anymore because those shows. Are, I don't. I don't watch those shows." But yeah, like that's 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 part of their market. Um, it's not even just for like old stuff. It's like okay, Netflix has a series of missteps. Mm-hmm. They were great. Yeah, they got too big for their britches because they're like, "All right, we came out with a couple of good shows." Mm. So now they then they made that that statement or whatever that they were gonna they were canceling shit and they were like we're gonna make such and such amount of new content like new shows and movies over Mm. the course of the next 12 months and it was like a ridiculous number do you remember that yeah yeah so okay so you say you're gonna do that people start to lose faith in you already because they know that sounds really fucking stupid Mm. and then then they proceed not to come out with too much original content anyway that anyone really wants to watch. Yeah, plus like Netflix for a time being, Netflix was the the streaming service or the studio that just bought everything no matter how shitty the movie was and they the made show. it great. Yeah. Well, I mean that, but like sometimes they would just they would just buy really bad sci-fi films. Oh. Or like stuff that be like that no other studio wanted to to distribute. And that's that was it like they would and people it would end up on there and people would be like i'm not watching this so they they're gonna start equating like netflix just picks up crap plus they haven't if you really think about they haven't had a really hit show in a while like like for example uh house of cards house of cards was a big thing when Mm -hmm. it came out orange is new black house on haunted hill oh yeah yeah well see that's that's something that's big but that's that's gonna come back until like next year even stranger things is kind of slowly waning like the well, first because the second season was junk yeah uh the third season did really pick up the third season was actually really good but the creators and the cast are like they want the show to end after the fourth season so netflix is trying to find their next house of cars then there's orange new black 
they had the Marvel stuff, like Daredevil, Luke Cage, and all that stuff that were big in the first season, and then took a fat dump. I think that also probably contributes to it. Yeah, definitely. Like, everyone was like, Daredevil was the first one to come out. And then, like, even my mom was watching that. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I I loved that. Mm. Then they came out with a couple of the other shows. Like, Jessica Jones was good. Luke Cage was... Punisher season one was good. Yeah, Luke Cage was, like, mostly good. Yeah. And then they just started to go downhill, and then they're like, all right, we're going to cancel you, even though we could make it better. We're just going to say fuck you to the guys that you know and love. Yeah, exactly. And, like, Luke Cage season two was good. I still have not finished Punisher season two, because I'm just like, why? Mm-hmm. I, I, I gave Jessica Jones one season, dug it. I From what I heard, season two wasn't even that great. No, it was awful. Yeah, and like the last, the last of them, that Marvel group that was good was Daredevil season four, which was an awesome season. No, see, I'm sorry, season three, awesome season. Mm-hmm. But now it's gone, so people are finding less reasons to get Netflix. Nicholas Cage. If you want to see <laughs> ni- the the fall, <laughs> the downward spiral of Nicholas Cage, mm. that's the reason. They're like, yeah, yeah everyone wants to see a good train wreck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, there's these competitors coming around. Disney's about to come in swinging hard. Yeah. Like Star Wars, Marvel. Um, who else is HBO Media? HBO Max. That's going to be coming in pretty big because I'm hearing their shows are coming out pretty good. Who, um, You know, plus uh, who, who, Apple. Apple's creating a streaming service. Um. I'm trying to think what other companies getting in there. I know Sony's getting in there too. I don't remember what they're doing. Crackle. Oh yeah, Crackle. Yeah, bringing up Crackle again for the second week in a while. A second second week in a while. Yeah, yeah, week in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, what, what's your? T- I kind of think that I honestly, I'm starting to think Netflix might be in trouble now. I think that just because they almost single-handedly took out Blockbuster. Oh, and Redbox, too. And Redbox. No, Redbox is still around. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, yeah, you're right. Why? Oh, Hollywood Video. There you go. Ho- yeah, Hollywood oh, my God, Video. I loved them. Yeah, Hollywood Video went down, too. Um, just because they single-handedly took out those two giants, mm-hmm. they're, they're basically succumbing to the same thing that they did to them because they're not willing to do like make smart business choices. That's, that's it. Like, yeah. They're not reading the room. Yeah, I mean, and, and plus they've 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 been spending a lot of they've spent a lot of money getting all this talent to do their show to create new shows, new content. Uh, Ava DuVernay, um, uh, the dude behind the American Horror Story shows, he's he's got a deal. Uh, homeboy from Blackish, mm-hmm. the guy who created that show, is now working with Netflix. Um, Matt Reeves, who's directing the Batman. Uh, he's working with Ava DuVernay on a couple new projects. Oh, like Ava DuVernay did that show, um, When They when See Us. When They it. See Us, yeah. Yeah, and of course, Netflix is trying to throw all this money at creative talent, like, for example, uh, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, because they want to get recognized, and of course, that film won Oscars for Netflix. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're throwing a lot of money, but it seems like they're not getting a, a lot of returns when it comes to that. Yeah. Because they are, it's just too much other shit going on that they're doing. There's so much shit to watch now. Well, there's a lot of shit to watch, but I'm saying like they're just not. 
They, they, for every one show they make that's good, they have like 20 other things that's shit. Or they, they're just like they're in the news for doing something mm-hmm. that people disagree with. What's that one movie service? Um, they had the, the, the movie service that you pay per month. You get to see whatever movie you want in the theater. We had that service. Oh, for, Movie Pass. Yeah. I kind of feel like Netflix is kind of turning into Movie Pass where they're like they're getting too like you said, they're getting too big for their britches, and they're kind of they're fumbling. bloated. Yeah, they're bloated, and they're kind of fumbling around like shit. We let's do this, let's do this, and they're not really like thinking four steps ahead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If we if you got anything out of that movie, oh, out of Itania, Itania, four, four steps, steps ahead. ahead. Oh, I love that. Like, <laughs> four steps ahead. <laughs> Aren't you glad I made you watch that? Yeah, it was a good movie. Margot Robbie doing it right. Yay, it's Margot Robbie. I thought it was Robbie. Roby. Okay, whatever. I'm sorry, Margaret. I know you're listening. Margaret? <laughs> is it Margaret? You just said Margaret. Yeah, is it? Oh, Margot. Is it, or is it Mar? <laughs> what is it? Margot. Margot Roby. See, I'm all twisted around now. Margaret. Margaret Roby. Margot. <laughs> Margot Roby. Sorry. <laughs> all, right, all right. All right. All right. Let me see what's next on the agenda. I'm not on the right tab. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to review a uh, new, our new um, movie. Recent review. Yeah, yeah, that thing. Yeah. Your brain's <laughs> slipping. Go on. <laughs> All right. Um, we're reviewing uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Luke Hobbs and Decker Shaw. We've got unfinished business. Shaw's sister took something from me. A virus that could wipe out half the population, and I want it back. You want to tell me just what we're dealing with here? It's my sister. Family business. When it's the fate of the world, it becomes my business. This whole thing sounds really dodgy. Look after your sister. Listen, I'll handle it. The only way we survive is working together like a team. Let's do this. Buckle up, fat boy. On my three. One. Ah! <laughs> Woo! Hey, see the look on his face? You have no idea how long I've been waiting to do this. All right. Hopefully that trailer got your blood pumping and your muscles flexing. For and, 48 hours. Yeah, for 48 <laughs> hours, you know. Pump with all this testosterone and steroids. You know, but if it lasts any longer than that, you should see your doctor. Ooh. Just like, you know. Don't. Okay, go ahead. Viagra. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Hobbs and Shaw. Take it away, Kelsey. What, what, is, what is this? What is this action-packed blockbuster gem of a film? It is directed by David Leach. And you know what? I know you've mentioned him before. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I think, like, great director or whatever. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he sounds like David Lynch. <laughs> okay. So he's, like, the great value David, David Lynch or something. Don't say that. No, no, no. No, hold up. Listen. What? (laughs) How is he the great? No, he's not even the great value, David Lynch. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm about to murder you. Just by name only. Oh my God. Like, his directing is like the great value of great value. Of great value. Yeah. Of great value. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was a stunt coordinator. He was, you know, 
one half of the John Wick team. Yeah, for the like, first one. For the first one, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, fucking directed Atomic Blonde. Yeah, your favorite movie. <sighs> <laughs> Jesus and, Christ. And, you know, okay. You told me that he directed Deadpool 2. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no wonder why I didn't like that one as much as the first one. Oh, so yeah. So now I just don't like him. Damn. Yeah, like, like Deadpool. I just don't like him. Yeah, Deadpool, Deadpool 2 just had more dick and fart jokes than the first one. Yeah. Man. Um, it wasn't clever. Yeah, that's true. But we're talking about Hobbs and Shaw, which ain't clever at all. But No, well, okay. So then the writer of it is Chris Morgan, and he did Wanted, which a lot of people like that movie. I but, like, a lot of people who aren't, like, cinephiles. Yeah, that movie's just... <sighs> anyway. <there you> <laughs> and then if he did, you know, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, <laughs> Fast Five, Fast and Furious 6. Like, that's all he writes. Yeah, he just does Fast and Furious movies now. That's funny. So, it's like... They chose the most unoriginal people in the room. Well, they had to fit in the franchise. I mean, I don't think they were looking for anything different. There are people who can get into a franchise mm-hmm. new and add a new spin on it, like mm-hmm. with humor or like a great story with a great yeah. plot and still keep it within brand. Okay. <laughs> we're already reviewing the movie. We haven't fully even like fleshed out <laughs> everything the rest of the information. Well, no, I'm just, yeah, you're kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> okay so, um so of course you know uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson mm. he plays Hobbs which I never understood how is that even a Samoan name Hobbs Hobbs yeah I don't think they were really thinking about that that was stupid it's a Fast and Furious movie <laughs> it was like it was like he showed up and they put him in the movie with the name and then they're like Oh, wait, we're going to make him Samoan now. Okay, who else is starring in the movie? <laughs> uh, Jason Statham as Shaw, Idris Elba as Brixton, and Vanessa Kirby as Hattie. Mm-hmm. Synopsis, law, law, lawman Luke Hobbs and outcast Decker Shaw form an unlikely alliance with a cyber... <laughs> just God. Cyber genetically enhanced villain threatens the future of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, even that synopsis is ridiculous. Anyway, Real Pill Podcast reviewing Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. What did you think about this movie, Kelsey? (laughs) I think your laughter says it all. (laughs) Um, You could feel it trying too hard to be clever Mm -hmm. when it wasn't clever. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were trying too hard to cater to men. Oh yeah, this movie's like this movie is a this movie is a um what's a big gun? What's a a calib- 50 caliber, right? Like a 50 cal rifle. Yeah, this game this movie is like a 50 cal rifle on top of a souped up car shot up with steroids in a china shop. In a china shop. <laughs> yeah, no lie, in a china shop. Um I think that Okay. I actually like really masculine films Mm -hmm. if they're not done insensitively Mm -hmm. this one's not like super insensitive but it's like you have people who really like watching like cars and like guns and different things like that yeah do you have to insert 
like random clan of sexy women yeah. for absolutely no reason. Yeah, it's a Fast and Furious movie. That's no. what the, that's what the previous Fast and Furious movies are. Not to that extent. <sighs> the last one there was like sexy women all over the place. Yeah, sexy women, but not like okay, you have to be a part of the plot. Oh you know yeah, I saying? get you. Yeah, like they were... there's always like you know, even in real life, they have like the women that hang around with the cars or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't need a fucking. They said it was like Russian mafia or something. But she had an American accent. Yeah, we'll get into that in the spoiler section. Yeah, that was that was weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I, to tell you the truth, I was actually I know Kelsey and I were like really looking forward to this movie because we we do like dumb action, um, to a point. um but like i i enjoyed some of the movie from like the beginning i think like maybe the first hour to like an hour and 20 minutes i was digging on it because i was just like this is ridiculous i like ridiculous action movie but the movie's like a little over two hours long i got the point i was just like damn come on like we get it more explosions oh my god (laughs) family like fuck they fit in the whole i uh, anyway sorry so I, I was enjoying a, quite a bit of it. Um, it got very tiresome to watch it. I think like when we left the theater, I felt tired. Like if I was running a marathon yeah. while being shot at, while being chased at, and yelled at by The Rock and Statham at the same time. <laughs> um, some of it, it, I don't like that they do try to be clever sometimes. And then there was, there was like some comedy beats that like start falling flat, like hard. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a a couple of comedy scenes when they added certain characters, and we'll go into spoilers because that's like a huge like reveal that they yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, That part of the that part of the comedy was good, mm. and um, I know you, I know I definitely know you want to talk about one of the actors that they used for the comedy, and what was your take on yeah. his role in that? It movie? was really only the only comedy scene. Mm. Cause you're you're saying it like there are multiple of them. To you, you seem to because you know more people than I do. But yeah. I only think it was the only one. That one, okay. <clears throat> and then like, um, some of the. I mean, of course. I mean, it's 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 Dwayne the Rock Johnson and it's Jason Statham. You're not looking for like high caliber acting. So it, I really shut my brain off in that level. There was I did like the dynamic between the two. Um, when the banter was done right, like there's a scene that happens later on where, <clears throat> where they banter back and forth at a time where it really called for it. Mm. But other times it was like, okay, cool. We get it. You guys hate each other. We fucking get it. It was irritating actually. Like mm. I didn't think it felt like their chemistry mm-hmm. would have been great if they were being directed by someone who gave a shit about the characters. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think the rock wants that in this, in this movie, he wants you to care about his character. Cause he tried so hard to be the everyday man, even though the dude can probably break me, you know, with a flex <laughs> with one flex out of his 48 hours of flexing. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, I think if the director gave a shit, gave a little bit more shit about the character, I would actually like really felt for him the, those those emotional moments that they try to play. Yeah, well, not even just the emotional moments, but it's like you feel mm-hmm. like it's gonna be hilarious, and then it's just like they're forcing 
a chemistry that's already kind of there. Mm-hmm. So they're not actually doing anything with it. They're like, chemistry, chemistry. Chemistry, explosions, chemistry, explosions, yeah. chemistry. So it's like, whatever. And then there was even like, a, uh, I guess a love interest kind of part that I guess it was supposed to be in the movie, but it was just like one little thing. Yeah. And it was just like, why'd you guys even do that? We're, 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 t- we're being very vague, but... <sighs> I guess that's our cue to do the uh, yeah. the spoiler music, so uh, enjoy it. That was the spoiler music. Mm-hmm. We're the spoilers now. Yeah. So now tell me, uh, honestly. Okay. What did you think about um, The Rock and uh, J- Jason Statham? <sighs> All right. The Rock. Okay. The Rock and Jason Statham. There's a, there's a. There's a scene where they, during the movie, they do constant banters back and forward, right? And it seems like their banters are, their banters are always, I'm better, I'm, I'm more badass than you are. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You're like, we got it. And they both fail to prove it every single time. It's oh. just like. Well, see, I don't think they fail that part. I do. I mean, because like one of them would do something really machismo, and I thought it was kind of funny how they were in competition. Like, there's a scene in the trailer where like, they're. The Rock is going like they're going down a building chasing after Idge's album, and The Rock is like falling on one guy. It's so stupid. He falls on one guy, punches him, knocks him out, and then swings him along and hits like Jason Statham, who's in an elevator or mm-hmm. hits the elevator, and he's like, "Fuck you!" I thought that was funny. <laughs> You're just it like, was mildly mm, entertaining. Mm. Um, I like it. I will say that it's kind of original. Mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. um i think there's so much going on that it just kind of is like all right cool we're gonna watch them duke it out and again yeah um i did like the little digs that they would have like commenting on them uh, i'm trying to remember one specific <clears throat> okay like uh the scene where like they're on the they're on the airplane and it's actually like a moment where like the movie doesn't really do anything exciting. It just lets them go back and forth talking shit. That's why I like that. You just I, I was like, why did I like that part better? Mm-hmm. That's why. Because it's not like crazy shit going on. They're just fucking yeah. digging at each other. Yeah, they're not being chased by somebody. They're not <clears throat> they're not being chased by somebody. They're not shooting guns. They're like, no, you know why I'm bad at it? And like some of like the shit talk that they would do was actually like pretty funny and pretty creative. Yeah. And there was one part I really dug where, like, Jason Statham reveals, like, I don't want you talking to my sister because I know you want to screw her. And, and, but, like, The Rock figures that out. And he's like, oh, so we see what he, was, where you're going. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to let her climb on this tall, big mountain over and over. And I was just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I like. I thought that was funny. And then that's when, like, Kevin Hart jumps in out of fucking nowhere yeah he's like a u.s marshal <laughs> his name was like agent something diggly or some shit oh yeah agent dinkley yeah mm-hmm. 
I okay. I haven't seen that movie that they did called Central Intelligence. I heard it's pretty funny. It's between The Rock and uh, Kevin Hart. Uh huh. So seeing Kevin Hart jump in because I've seen little clips of it, seeing him jump in in this movie and kind of like letting his funniness run wild, totally digging it because I like his comedy. Right. And I like how he was talking shit to them, and then he did this thing. This is this is kind of a Guardians thing where he like deepened his voice to like match the rock or some oh, shit. Oh yeah. And they called him out on it. I mean, they did that in 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 Infinity War. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. But I thought it was... When he jumped in, I liked it. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. When come in. I liked it, but honestly, for all the times that they let The Rock and Jason Jason Statham have his... Their um, banter go back and forth, and mm. it kind of fell flat. Mm. That was the only time for me that it didn't fall flat. Mm. And they cut it short by bringing in a third guy. Like... I, th- I thought it added more to it. It did, but it's kind of like when you're like vibing with one other person, oh, and you're gotcha. like you're you're cool, and you're not done with that yet. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, gotcha. So you took a so m- then yeah, so like yeah, that'd be cool. Like it's like if you have plans to go to dinner, mm-hmm. but it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. Like you yeah, know what a, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Um, okay, so I want I want you to talk about. Um, the one surprise uh, cameo that showed up uh, near the beginning, because you actually really liked that, and you wish that he stuck okay. around. Yes. Ryan Reynolds plays, he's a CIA, like, handler, right? Or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's working with whoever handles um, Jason Statham's character, Shaw. Yeah. So they're like, they're working together, and yeah, that handler is uh, John Delaney. He's a he's a comedian. Dude's yeah. really funny. So like they know that they don't get along, but they're still trying to bring them together. And like of course Ryan Reynolds brings his brand of humor to the show to the show to the <laughs> movie. Uh-huh. And um, it's like I honestly feel like he's the comedy that was missing between. The Rock and Jason Statham, like, yeah, he there wasn't enough of him in it, and I I don't know like if maybe anyone's getting tired of Ryan Reynolds. I'm not. Like, I think he's fucking hilarious and he's clever. Mm. Um, so like, and he's really unpredictable. So I don't get tired of him. So why don't you use him more than if you're trying to do something that's like funny and clever? I mean, I know it's The Rock and Jason Statham, but then maybe even as a comedy writer, something. Gotcha. Because I know he worked on some of the script for Deadpool 2. And I think he worked some of the script for Deadpool 1 as well. Um, I honestly think they didn't really bring him on longer, long, long as they should have. Because this was The Rock and the Jason Statham show. I think Ryan Reynolds would have taken that from them. And they probably didn't like that idea. Yeah. Um. What I was going to talk about. Uh, oh, I had a serious brain fart right now. Oh, yeah, but yeah, Brian Reynolds. Okay. So I, I like how Ryan Reynolds was almost, was like swearing he was The Rock's best friend. Mm-hmm. That part was hilarious. How he would just say like, oh, remember we went and did this trip. It was so special. You know, we did this, did this. And there's and a- Rock's like, yeah, that time that I told you that we would never, ever be friends, that trip. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I know you're just playing around. We are. <laughs> and like, he does, his, he does his part. It's so fucking funny. He does this part where he kind of like unbuttons his shirt and then like 
reveals that he has somewhat of the tattoo that the rock has on his shoulder like remember we got these matching tattoos and the rock's like what the fuck <laughs> like he's almost like stalking him yeah i you know i wouldn't put it past him that that wasn't actually written into the script oh yeah that, what, that he probably was like went to the makeup and was like hey give me like this tattoo i'm gonna do something really funny yeah and like that shock that the rock did was like oh shit like you're genuine <laughs> um yeah i i i i um i think i think i read somewhere that if they do do a sequel was they probably will because the movie made um i think like 60 million dollars over like over on friday and like worldwide it's like 121 million or something like that over yeah. the weekend so most likely there will be a sequel um, and Ryan Reynolds might be in it more. It totally makes sense that they would bring him in as as his character, as a CIA handle handler. Yeah. Sorry. I actually would like to see um, his, the the woman that played his sister. Um, uh, what's her name? Like Vanessa. Vanessa Kirby. I I was digging on. I was actually kind of digging on her portrayal, like this badass woman. Yeah, like, okay, so what I really like about her character is that she's able to take care of herself. Mm -hmm. She is one person. Obviously, she's going to find herself in some fucking trouble and need help. Yeah. But she has a lot of skill and, like, a lot of... She's very clever. Mm -hmm. And she actually has, like, a lot of heart, even though she is supposed to be really cold. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's what drives her, really. Yeah, like, they make her, like, it's about the mission. Right. Yeah. And um, what I don't like, though, is that because it was Hobbs and Shaw, it was almost like a... What's that? Oh, the Bechdel test, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I just <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Kelsey's rage. <laughs> you know, he fucked up. Okay. David Leach fucked up. Okay. How so? If he made Atomic Blonde with this character. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I already know where you're going with this. Go on. Proceed. It would have been a great fucking movie. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Because even though, even like, though you I and I don't. love What's her face? Uh, Charlize Theron. I love her. Yeah, even though you and I don't really like Atomic Blonde, we like that character. We like what she was doing. Yeah. It was just poorly directed. <laughs> well, it was poorly written, too. Yeah. There was just too much going on. Mm-hmm. But this character, if, if you want to make a mindless action movie mm. that's pretty then actually make it mindless. Yeah. Like, don't make it and then so convoluted that you can't think your way out of it. Yeah, that that plot, <laughs> that plot is so dumb. Like, as you know, as we read this, as I read the synopsis, that plot is so stupid. And it gets, it just continuously gets more and more ridiculous, especially the fact that Idris Alba is a cyber, genetically enhanced human. And he, like, I think he was really trying to ham it up. Because he was just like, you know, I'm a black Superman. I'm the pinnacle of human evolution. You know, blah, 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 blah. Like, kind of just going all pre... Oh, that's, that's one thing that bothered me from his character. I love Idris Alba. I love his acting. He's, he's a guy who looks like he has fun. But holy shit, he was monologuing over and over again. As soon as, like, he was in front of Hobbs and Shaw, he would monologue. Every single fucking time. Yeah. And that was annoying as shit. 
Like, you can only give a villain so much time to essentially tell their plan. I wasn't done talking about... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. She... I just feel like they overshadowed her to the point where it was like there was a gem there. Mm. But because it's Hobbs and Shaw and they're big buff men, mm. like, she's not allowed to shine. She she's got, not allowed she to all buff them. Yeah. Mm. She did get kind of lost. Like, I feel like she had good chemistry, too, but it was like she was off doing her own thing most of the time mm-hmm. anyway. And then you were following these guys and not her. So. Yeah. I remember you did say that you liked that she wasn't really a damsel in distress in this movie. Yeah. That was. I have to give them credit for that, that they didn't they didn't make her that part at all. Right. Like, even there was a the only time she was actually captured is because she that was part of the plan. Yeah. This is good. Um, so now, now I'm sorry about Idris Elba. No, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, okay, so they try. They brought that black Superman thing up twice. Yeah, because they really wanted that joke to land. The funny thing is, I read that they actually wanted him to say, "I'm the Black James Bond," and he was just like, "I'm not saying that line." He refused to say that line, and they changed it to Black Superman. Hmm. I don't know what. It wouldn't have been any funnier as Black James Bond. Yeah, that's true. Like, so he's like, um, Black Superman. And then he's like, Black Superman. Like, <laughs> to himself later. Like, no one was listening. Did he say that? Really? Yes, he did. He oh said my it twice. God. <laughs> Damn. I must have, like, zoned I, out or something. I must have zoned out because I only remember him saying, I'm the Black Superman. And then, uh, The Rock was like, yeah, you know, like, action scene, action scene. He's like, driving, he's like, he is a Black Superman. Like he oh, maybe that. that's when I heard. It. Maybe I zoned out. <laughs> you zoned out quite a bit during this movie. You're just like, yeah, okay. I heard you laughing, and I'm like, what was funny? I think I was laughing because, like, like I said, there wasn't really anything that stuck as in comedy, except for like Ryan Reynolds coming out or Kevin Hart telling jokes here and there. But I think I just, I was laughing because I was just like, this movie's so fucking stupid. Like my brain. I didn't even find it like stupid enough to laugh at i just thought it was stupid enough to be stupid mm, okay like it wasn't like good bad oh so it was just bad bad it was just bad bad yeah then like so they eventually get to the part where the rock tries to outshine vin diesel's whole family thing by making it about family like in the third act which is cool but Jesus shit, you made that, he made that stuff like last forever. I feel like it turned into a completely different movie. It was Moana part two. <laughs> Seriously. He's like, hey, you're welcome. Da, da, da. Even his daughter looked like Moana. Yeah, she was a cute little girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that thing was like, that part, I don't know, it was getting ridiculous, especially like near the end. Well, during that whole scene, like, uh, the Rock calls to the aid of his family to, like, help him fight off it, the rest of Idris Elba's army. And, like, there's a fight that ensues that starts at night. And then 30 seconds later, it's daytime. Yeah. <laughs> so either they fought for 30 seconds and daytime just swept up on them. Or they fought for hours until daytime popped up. It was really weird how they did that. It was Yeah. So what they did was, like, oh, we're going to do this thing where we're going to trap everybody by fire. It was, was that it? Yeah, it was nighttime when they did it, and they lit the the ring of fire around everybody. Oh yeah, and then it was daytime. I felt like that fire lasted for like five seconds. It did last five seconds because <laughs> then they were off and running. 
Yeah, that's right. They were off and like running. Like the helicopter came in and maybe it put it out. I don't know. Like yeah, that was weird. That was totally weird. Um, what was um there? One thing I did like out of that action setup is when The Rock and Statham fought up against Idris Alba, and it turned. It, it was kind of cool because like the way how they how what's his name Leach right David Leach. Mm-hmm. The way how he shot it was like they figured out how to defeat Idris Alba because Idris Alba's calculating their moves and how fast they're moving and how hard they're punching. That I loved. Yeah, I thought that was cool. That was I that was and that was something di- that was actually something different from the Fast and Furious moves because they don't do shit like that. Mm-hmm. And when they're do when he calculate it, cal- calculates it, it's in slow motion, and it's happening during like, oh wait, back up. Let me remind you folks that the movie started. The, that scene started clear skies, beautiful, clear Samoa skies. And then all of a sudden, a rainstorm came along, like fucking out of nowhere. That happens, though. Yeah, like, but that fast. Like I think in, it does. That was pretty weird. No, like, I lived in North Carolina, and their weather is really weird. Mm, and okay. I was driving in downpour that you couldn't see through. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I was on bone dry roads. Okay, I got you. Yeah, plus they're on an island, tropical storms yeah. and all that. Um, so like the rain starts coming down and then like every time like they figured out how to defeat them and every time like they throw a punch they do slow motion and you see all the raindrops come down everything's like crisp clear like anamorphic lens that's that's what anamorphic lens is supposed to do it's supposed to make your shit look dope like that i was really digging on that slow motion that they were doing they even kind of set it up earlier during the movie did they? Yeah, the parts were like they actually like that part when they were on the back of the truck mm-hmm. and they were trying to throw punches at Idris Elba and it was in slow motion. I think oh, they, were, yeah, they yeah. were setting up like this is going to be the big fight at the end. Yeah, which was pretty cool. I that that big fight at the end, I totally dug that fight. Honestly, though, um, the other thing I think we did besides the monologuing, I think we saw too much of Idris Elba because it was like fight him and fail fight him and fail like five million thousand times yeah that's true yeah yeah like so how about we see him to like maybe have one or two fights like little yeah because then you have that build up to the final fight like oh shit it's going down but you yeah. see him fight like 30 times or no not 30 times literally but you see him fight a bunch of times yeah so it was like okay well yeah he's cool but like i don't want to see him like you know mm-hmm. even when you have that special friend that you like but you, like, don't want to see them all the time. Like James. No, no. Like, <laughs> like you. All right, folks. This is the last episode of the Real Pill Podcast. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I, I have to, we have to talk about that organization. Which one? What's it called? I forget. I don't even remember what the fuck that, or, that evil organization it just Alba worked for. Mm. Where, where the fuck do they, did they come from? Because in all the Fast and Furious movies... All eight of them prior, there's no mention of this organization whatsoever. And this organization appears to be massive. Mm-hmm. They got funding from God knows where. They could apparently they can alter the media. Yep. Shoot out all they these. They own the media. They why. own the media. Idris Alba is trying to catch uh, Statham Johnson and uh, Kurt, or Hobbs Shaw and uh, Haiti. Is it Hattie or Hattie? It's Hattie, right? Hattie. Hattie, uh, uh, Shaw's sister, with their names and faces plastered all over TV saying these are terrorists and whatever. 
And this is due because Idris Alba and his organization is like, this is the information we have to give out because that's so they have nowhere to run. But apparently they can run everywhere because they never got caught. Yeah. Or anything like that. They never got caught. Yeah. Where the fuck these people come from? Okay. So two things. Mm-hmm. Because I'm looking at the trivia part. Okay. Um, Shane Black was considered to direct the film and he did The Predator and The Nice Guys. I really, really think this film would have been amazing if he was directing it. Yeah, yeah. Because when Shane Black is giving is given the material, he can make good shit. Like, I remember we both liked The Nice Guys. Yeah, it was a good movie. Except for The Predator. Fuck that movie. <laughs> uh, uh, that would have been interesting, having Shane Black direct this. And the comedy would have been on point, because he's, he's great when it comes to comedy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And um, Tyrese Gibson <laughs> cried on social media about not being cast in the film, and um, I hope he goes and watches it and feels like he dodged a bullet. I... I think he's going to still feel bad because um, he's a little bitch. Well, that and he, he likes money. And, <laughs> and he, compl- he I mean, him and Michelle Rodriguez had complained about this this movie being put in production because it pushed back Fast, Fast and Furious Part 9. Mm-hmm. And I guess they felt that like this was kind of splitting the franchise where should keep it together. And my take on that is, I mean, that's Hollywood. I mean, if something works, they'll do what they want to do. Yeah, and it's like, did they already start filming it? Um, Fast from, Nine? No, no, they pushed it back to do to do Hobbs and Shaw, and now they're doing Fast Nine. Now they're gearing everything up to do Fast Nine. Okay. So I guess because it wasn't already like shot, it mm-hmm. wasn't like it was shot and pushed back. Then it wasn't like a for sure. Th- thing even mm. though like yeah it was going to be made but anything could happen you, yeah it's hollywood yeah yeah i heard supposedly so. that ty there was going to do a spinoff with tyrese gibson and Ludacris's character uh-huh that would have been that would been kind of weird i think so. it would have just been another bad boys uh, probably you but know th- like it would have been like all right cool like yeah whatever that would be interesting but i don't think i honestly don't think that's ever going to happen I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I like Ludacris. Like, I would love to see more of him. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have loved for him to be comedic relief in this Hobbs and Shaw. Because he is funny. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to see Tyrese in any way, shape, or form at all, ever. Yeah, he just kind of screams a lot and tries to be funny. Yeah, he's like the big, dumb guy like yeah he's like he's i know he's like the comedy relief in those fast and furious movies but to tell you the truth if they kicked him to the curve they can get kevin hart to be the comedy relief in that movie yeah and he would actually be funny no of course it have been like two short guys him and ludicrous (laughs) 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 anyway um oh yeah so i this is one thing i want to i really want to talk about i want to go back to that organization okay so this organization wants to, they want to get, they're trying to get this virus, this, oh, speaking of virus, that dialogue <laughs> at the beginning was so fucking dumb. Like the rock, the rock comes in to like this tattoo parlor or a club or some shit, starts beating up people. And like, he goes, I heard from the dark web, there's a super virus out there. And I'm just like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, they did not do their fucking research. That's like some, like, candid, not some candid, that's like some, oh, I heard dark web is a, it's a, 
that that's something that's something like a dad would write who doesn't know anything about like <laughs> on about the internet. I heard if you wear a specific color jelly bracelet that you know that means they're doing this kind of drug. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's what it is. That's the best way to equate that. That was so fucking dumb. But yeah, he, they like. So the organization, they, they want to get the super virus. That's why they're chasing after Shaw's sister, because she injected her body with it. The, the virus, it, oh, liquefies your insides, as Brian Reynolds says yeah. in the movie. So, yeah, liquef- it, like, melts you. Yeah, and this group wants it because they want to, like, they want to do the survival of the fittest, right? Where mm-hmm. my where in my mind, I'm like, well, where's where's uh, Dominic Toretto and his family, you know, in this situation? Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, they introduce this weird super secret organization that's f- funded in the trillions or whatever. And, like, there's this ominous voice <laughs> that talks to Idris Elba. <laughs> so fucking stupid. And, like, apparently the voice, the, the voice, <laughs> like the show The Voice, um, knows The Rock. Like... The the voice talks eventually the that ominous voice contacts the rock and he's like, you know, you two are on my radar now because you've stopped my evil plans. Oh, it's like, um, did you ever watch Inspector Gadget? Yes. It's like Doctor Claw. That's what that shit is. It's like Doctor Claw. You know what bothers me about that hmm. about the voice? <sighs> bothers me the whole time if he knew the rock, mm-hmm. he would know that they're never gonna come to his side. So he basically. Yeah, threw away his best specimen to date, which is Idris Elba. Yeah, because Idris even said, "Like, hey, this isn't gonna work. They're not gonna convert to your cause." Yeah, and the guy's like, "No, just do it anyway." Yeah, turn them. I want them a part of the cause. Yeah, and so he's like, "All right." I mean, the dude shot me in the head twice. Yeah, Shaw, Shaw shot Idris Elba in the head. That's like their connect. That's their past. Yeah, that's their past. Yeah. But it's like, if this organization knows all, seeing all, I'm sure they probably saw the previous Fast and Furious movies and knew that The Rock wouldn't fucking turn. Yeah. It's just stupid. So yeah, the ominous voice says like, says something like to, to Hobbs is like, you know, we've met in the past. We've crossed paths. And we're, it's going to be an interesting reunion when I see you. Again, when I see you. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Sequel. I thought that was ridiculous. It was stupid. It's like, oh my god, there's a mystery. Yeah, that's like a forced mystery. Like, hey, reason for reason for Hobson Shaw Part Two. I kind of want to know what it is, but I, I, what I want to do mm-hmm. is when the movie comes out, mm. I'm not gonna watch it. I'll just wait for it to be on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to see who the. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing it's probably because they do they they talk about Hobbs's past. I think it might be Hobbs's father. That'd be interesting. Um, I heard a fan theory that it's uh, what's his name, the 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 Asian guy that died in the previous Fast and Furious movie. Um, oh, I don't remember his name. Oh Jesus, let me find it. But he was in Tokyo Drift, and that's when he died. No, yeah, he died in Tokyo Drift, but like they did like uh, some time jump, like because the Fast and Furious movies they take place in different timelines. Um. Or different times during the whole movie. Um, let me see if I can find what the fuck his name. Uh, Justin Lin. Okay, so Han. Han, that's his name. His name is Han. Because it's called Justice. Everyone wants Justice for Han because Han died. People are theorizing that it's Han. That's the voice, which is weird. Yeah, how doesn't could it sense. be and why? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would he say, like, I'm coming after you, Hobbs? Have what, they what? even crossed paths anyway? Han? 
I don't think so. No, yeah, they were. T- they. When did he? When did he die? I can't remember which one he died in. Oh, he died in Tokyo Drift, but yeah. I. I don't think. I can't. I can't really say. Holy shit! Because when the what did the Rock jump on? He jumped in what? Fart five. I'm all like, click, 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 click right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So he was in part five. Um, they have crossed paths because Dwayne The Rock Johnson was in Furious Five, or Fast Five. And that's where Gail, Gail Gadot. Um, yeah, so they did cross in that movie. But even if that was him, wouldn't it be like, I'm coming after you, Shaw, because you killed me in Tokyo Drift? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not that. Okay. I, I mean, I agree with you. Mm. That's really stupid. <laughs> Watch it be that, and we're like, why? Why? Yeah. Some people are theorizing that it might be his white, um, uh, the Rock's uh, baby mama, because they don't, they never talk about his, his, his the mother of his kid. Like, that would be all. some serious fucking vengeance, like. Oh, seriously, <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right. Um. I would like to mention that at one point, Keanu Reeves was going to show up in this movie. Oh, yeah. That would have been interesting. I don't think so. Yeah, because you don't I like Keanu. I would have been Keanu. irritated. You don't like Keanu Reeves. No. Damn. You just don't like Because I got to see him all the time. <sighs> That's why you should love him. No. Love him. No. All right, fine. You're a sheep. Bad. Anyway, so... I kind of enjoyed it. It got pretty stupid. It got stupider and stupider. was a bit long. Kelsey, she doesn't like anything, so she hates it. Am I correct? Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, seriously. Um, I'm kind of interested in seeing that sequel, if it ever gets made. <laughs> I'm not. I just want to move on to the next segment already. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Take it away. All right, um, we are going to do our Simon Says. Simon sets the pace. You follow right along. Light the lights that Simon lights, or he'll tell you that you're wrong. Simon's a computer. Simon has a brain. You either do what Simon says, or else go down the drain. All right, so that was our uh, Simon Says little music. Intro thingy. Yeah, the Mm. intro thingy. Um, to be fair, he wrote this like in July when Mark decided that he was going to hurt oh his back. Oh my God, you keep bringing that up. Like it's my fucking fault. It is your fault. Oh yeah. Hey, back. <laughs> time. Hey, back. Don't go out. Yeah! <laughs> I go out. What did, uh, what did, what did our dear boy, uh, Simon Gruber have to say this time? He said, good morning, my delightful American colleagues. You've caught me in the act of updating my CV, which I have no fucking idea what that is. Resume. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what? I'm, I, what is it? What does that stand for? Why does he call it that? It's a British thing. Okay. Simon, why don't you ask us? What's that? Or why don't why you tell don't us? Why don't you tell well, us? Yeah, why don't you tell us? Sorry. Anyway, continue. Continue, please. Uh, as it transpires, a job vacancy for a red-blooded Englishman has just this minute opened up in Washington, D.C. And, you know, because it was in July, it's referring to Alexander Acosta. Yeah, that whole fiasco. Beautiful. 
Anyway, enough of these infernal real-life politics. It's much nicer to live in a fantasy world of Marvel movies and not-so-good DC ones, too. Though I must confess I'm less enthused by the prospect of Jason Statham <laughs> and Idris Elba trying to outcockney each other in the upcoming Fast Furious spinoff. Hey, we just saved you some time, Simon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can almost see them both stood yelling geezer at each other for two hours while Dwayne <laughs> Johnson flexes his muscles nearby in amusement. You know, that's why it's the 48 hours yeah, of flexing. flexing. Yeah. They're just going to do that for two days. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. In between having to provide counseling for Mark this week as his brain slowly melted under the emotional roller coaster that is Star Trek Discovery. Oh, yeah, so good. I found myself puzzling over what the colonial term boondocks refers to. Every so often, I get directed to catch up on a TV show called The Boondock Saints. Simon, that's, that's a movie. The show is The Boondocks. Get your <laughs> shit straight, man. Come on. <laughs> So, would you guys be good enough to enlighten me on what the term means? Is it anything to do with a boondoggle by any chance? Love and kisses, as always. Her Gruber. <laughs> what the fuck's a boondoggle? All right, I looked it up. Okay. A boondoggle mm. says work or activity that is wasteful or pointless but gives the appearance of having value. Okay, I'm going to use that now. Boondoggle? I'm, boond- I'm boondoggling it. That sounds so weird. It sounds like hot dogging. I'm hot dogging it. <laughs> what, what does that mean? I think it means like you're just uh, like flying by the seat of your pants. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. So what's, what's, what's boondock? What's he referring to? Uh, a boondock is a rough, remote, or isolated country. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right, all right. I think I know. I think I know what you're getting. I think what you're getting at, Simon. So, out here in Mario, California, SoCal, there's an area closer to Los Angeles they call the Boonies or the Boondocks, and it's far the fuck way out. It's like crossing over some mountains, um, and that's kind of seemed as a kind of a community on its own, even though it's still considered LA County. No. What? You're wrong. How am I wrong? What? That's not central to like that area that's everyone across the nation says this for an area that's like way the fucking out of nowhere okay, well I, i'm okay wait okay for the nation i'm just referring to where we are now my i'm sorry but don't confuse him because like he wants to know what it means not what like californians think uh, that it means okay well I, i'm saying as in our as in our general as where we are now we call the boondocks as well i don't i didn't i honestly didn't know they I think I have heard the boonies before it referred to uh, in other states, but mainly I hear it's Calif. I hear it in California because you live in California. Because I live in California, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Look, you can't be as well traveled as me. Oh, I'm sorry. You Shit, Mil- military. No, just you know, my mom moved every year. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Damn. No, seriously. I live. I had. I lived in like twelve different places. <laughs> Shit. Okay. <laughs> Stability. Uh, okay, sorry. So, oh uh, yeah, so yeah, Boondocks. <sighs> I get to catch up something called the Boondocks. So you guys can like the terms. Okay. All right. So I don't exactly know why they call it the Boondocks the TV show. I think it might. Oh, I think it might seem as because um, in the show that's kind of considered in the cartoon and within the show is considered like a small community, but it's actually representation of America itself. So it's kind of maybe like a 
not an oxymoron, but kind of um, metaphor. Mm-hmm. They're using it as this is supposed to be a small community, but in the cartoon, the Boondocks, it's about the cartoon Boondocks. For people who don't know, and Simon don't know, it's about it's about a black family. Um, uh, Grandpa Huey and I can't remember the other kid's name. They live in a white suburban area, but they are like hood as shit. But they're realistic black people. Like one is very woke, another one's kind of gangsta and shit. And how they feel like they are out in the middle, fucking in a weird foreign land because all these white people don't understand them. Mm-hmm. And it's like a reflection of what America is. So I think that's what they refer to in the Boondocks. Uh, Got it. Cartoon show. Yeah. So out here, Boondocks, as Kelsey explains, is kind of a closed off area. I just found the origin. Oh, what's the origin? Okay. Okay. Um, on Urban Dic- Dictionary. Urban Dictionary? Yeah. Uh-huh. UrbanDictionary.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the Tagalog Filipino word boondock, meaning mountain. Mm. Boondocks became a part of American vocabulary during the American Philippine War, during which mountainous terrain afforded the Filipinos a position of strategic advantage in fighting for their country's independence. Oh, okay. The boondocks served as a Filipino base of resistance while earning a word in everyday American synonymous with hinterlands, which is now my new favorite fucking word. Hinterland? That's the same thing as boondocks. Oh. Uh, now, say, instead of saying boondocks, I could say hinterlands. Oh, yeah, he's weighing the hinterlands. That sounds so <laughs> foreign. He's He's... Oh, I ha- dude, I had to go way to the hinterland to find this person. That's like saying, that's like saying um, when people say like, oh, I live like in bumfuck country or bumfuck out of town or some shit, which is like out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Uh-huh. So instead of saying bumfuck, to say hinterland to sound more <laughs> educated and highfalutin and shit like that. Yeah, then, then all right. Um, and after you use the word hinterlands... Then you can go ahead and uh, follow it up by saying using the word swell. You're like, Hinter- that was swell. That was swell hinterlands? No, just, you know, it's an old term. No one says swell anymore, so. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, then bring swell back. Make a hip. Yeah. What? No. Make a hip? Look, I deal with <laughs> you enough, and you think you're hip, and I think you just need your hips replaced. Yes. So, no. Okay, fine. Whatever. All right. So, I hope Simon. we uh, helped you with your boondock, boondoggle, falloggle. <laughs> falloggle? <laughs> uh, yeah. If you, if you guys want to send in a question or even just respond to that or help out or, you know, just want to email us, you know, what's the email for the, uh, for the podcast? Uh, it is The Real Appeal. Mm. That's real with two E's at gmail.com. Yeah, you can do that. That's fun. Just don't tell me how much you hate me because it will hurt my heart too much. <laughs> um, yep. And uh, so now the next thing we're going to do is our uh, geriatric cinematic, which you already know is 48 Hours. We ain't partners. We ain't brothers and we ain't friends. I'm putting you down and keeping you down until Gans is locked up or dead. And if Gans gets away, you're going to be sorry you ever met me. I'm already sorry. Nick Nolte is a cop, 
Eddie Murphy is a con. I can help you get Gans, but you gotta get me out of here first. You're crazy. He pulls some strings. See, you need me a little more than you thought. I'm Mr. K. He pulls some scams. So where do you want to do it, honey? Want to hop up on the counter? Nah, we can go in this room over here next to the bathroom. Give me a break. Right. Come on, we're on the move. Let's go. They've got two killers to track down. Toss me that piece, and he won't waste him. They've got a kidnapping going down. I want the money. I don't know what you're talking about. Snap that Indian to snap her neck. They've got a fortune to hunt down. I want to know what's going on between you and Gans. Half a million dollars. And it's all coming down in 48 hours. All right, that one was in uh, 1982 it came out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, five years before I was born. Two years before I was born. Yeah, because you're old. Yes, I'm so old. <laughs> Um, it was directed by Walter Hill, who did The Driver. Didn't you show me that one? I did show you that. That's a great movie. That was a great movie. That's a great uh, car chase film. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he did The Warriors and Red Heat. Oh, Red Heat with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jim Belushi. I think it's James Belushi. I always get those two. One of the Belushis. One of the Belushis. It might be John Belushi. I think it's John Belushi. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> he did the sequel, um, Another 48 Hours as well. Hmm. And it's written by Roger Spootiswood. <laughs> Why you have to say it like that? <laughs> Spootiswood. That's probably how he said it. Uh, Roger Spootiswood. Um, Spootiswood. It says pronounced Spootiswood. I bet you can say the E on the end of his name too. Spootiswood. <laughs> Who else wrote the script? <laughs> You're enjoying Walter that way too. Hill. You're enjoying that way too much. Walter Hill, Larry Gross, Stephen E. Day, uh, D'Souza. D'Souza. All right. <laughs> Nick Nolte. Is it Nolte or Nolte? Nick Nolte. Yeah. Plays Jack Cates and Eddie Murphy plays Reggie Hammond. Reggie Hammond. Yes. Um, you know, everyone else doesn't matter because these guys. <laughs> These guys are like the... They're the show. They are they're, the well, show. Well, I mean, they're the movie. I say show for movie and movie for show. Same, but, same difference. Um, so the synopsis is a hard-nosed cop reluctantly teams up with a wise-cracking criminal temporarily paroled to him in order to track down a killer. And by paroled to him... <laughs> <laughs> he means like, basically he broke him out of jail. Yeah, for, he like forged... To get, uh, we'll, we'll, get into, we'll get into the whole thing, but... Um, so Kelsey's never seen this movie, obviously. I've seen this movie a bunch of times growing up. It's Eddie Murphy. Um, this is, this is considered his debut, uh, feature film as an actor comedian. This is breakout performance. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe at the time he was actually doing Saturday Night Live with some people say that he saved that show. Uh, he had been doing Saturday Night Live, I think for like five seasons already. Mm Mm-hmm. His his performance in Saturday Night Live is fucking phenomenal. You know, fucking Buckwheat and shit like that. And the angry Mr. Rogers. Oh, so lovely. Like a ghetto Mr. Rogers. So great. Um, so, yeah, this film, absolutely love it. I was, I, I know, I know last week we said we're going to loot the weapon. But we really thought about it. And we're like, what movie is like a buddy cop film? But like the two absolutely hate each other. And we're like, boom, 48 hours. Well, we weren't like that. You were like I that. was like, boom, 48 hours. <laughs> boom, there you go. And Kelsey saw it. I'm actually really happy I got to show her this movie. Because I hated it? 
What? No, I'm just kidding. What the fuck? I just wanted to scare you. Don't. <sighs> oh, shit. Okay. All right. So you like this movie, right? Yes, I do. Uh, racist jokes and all. Oh, racist. Oh, God. The racist jokes. Holy shit. <laughs> so uh, Nick Nolley plays his cop trying to find these two killers. Um <laughs> one killer his name is uh his name is Gantz who play he's played by James uh Remar Remar and the other one is Sonny uh Lanham Landham 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 James Remar he played more most famously Dexter's father in Dexter which I, I was just like I like seeing his I didn't see that you never watched the show Dexter I watched oh you know what i probably did i watched like a couple of episodes but like i don't remember what he who he was remember when dexter would ever kind of hallucinate well he would seem like he's talking to an older guy who wasn't there yeah that's 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 the same his dad used to wear hawaiian shirts i think so oh no that's batista that's the that's the cop oh yeah Uh, i don't i really don't remember okay um i want to talk about some sunny lynn what was it again Landum. Landum, who plays Billy Bear. Okay, before we get into the movie, I have to talk about this dude first. Because this dude's story always fascinates me. He played Billy in Predator. Story goes is that whenever he would do a movie, he's like a Native American, but whenever he would do a movie, this is and this doesn't go into his heritage. I just want to mention because he looks straight up Native American. Um, what goes into this dude's history is that this dude would have bodyguards on set and people thought they were like to protect um to protect him from other people no he had bodyguards to protect the people from him because supposedly he was fucking nuts like mm. he would just snap and kill anybody on, on set if he wanted to okay but like is there any story that proves this yeah or is the it- one i told you <laughs> <laughs> like did he hurt somebody and then he's like oh i gotta hire these bodyguards i don't know probably but i don't I've heard this from different from different sources, so I I would have to believe that story. Plus, he was he really looked dangerous. Okay. S- scary. Mel Gibson looks scary right now. Yeah, but he's racist. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, all right, fine, fuck it, <laughs> ignore that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, forty-eight hours. So yeah, the movie the movie goes on how Nick Nolte has to find this criminal, and the way how he the way how he does it is that he Eddie Murphy helps him out, and like well, it doesn't he doesn't willingly help him out? No, he like is very forcefully thrown around a lot. Yeah, you know, and then he he wears you know the handcuffs in the car, and then you know miraculously doesn't wear them anymore for like a scene. Yeah, yeah. so we're just talking about the inconsistencies. Yeah. In the film. Um, yeah, Nicholas Cage is kind of like this, you know, he's a hard-nosed cop. Cage. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Nick Nolte, my bad. Nick Nolte is like this hard-nosed cop, right, who's like this badass cop and shit like that, right, who, like, has to, like, get a, a forged signature on this contract that, like, lets Eddie Murphy out for, like, 48 hours, which is, I think that, that alone was funny enough. Yeah. That he had to, like, go around this, right? And how Eddie Murphy helps this guy because Eddie Murphy has like an alternative, uh, alter- alternative, Ul- ulterior. Thank you, an ulterior motive, which is he wants to get his money, which is like five hundred grand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? 
I just remember what we were talking about with how much Eddie Murphy actually got paid for the movie. Oh, do you want to talk about that now or you want to bring it up after? No, we'll bring it up now. Okay, yeah, go on. <laughs> so in the movie, he tries, you know, he's got $500,000 waiting for when he gets out of jail. Mm. But Eddie Murphy actually only made $450,000. That's so fucked up. <laughs> He didn't even make as much money as his fucking character, character yeah, did. Yeah, that's fucked up. I mean, mind you, this is like his first film, so of course he couldn't get, he couldn't get boo bucks or some I shit. No, but like another fifty grand. Like I know that's a lot of money, but yeah, yeah. It's still, true. like that was fucked up. Yeah. So the movie just follows the two as they're trying to. They have literally forty-eight hours to try to get to try to get this criminal because this dude Gans who escaped from prison because of you know due to his friend Billy Bear. Um, it's tr- they're on they're at they're on the same race to get this money. It's just who's going to get it first, right? And um, Gans killed uh, Nicholas. I want to say Nicholas Cage again. <laughs> Nick Nolte's <laughs> partner. <laughs> and so you know, Nick Nolte's like, I gotta get this guy. I got this guy right. And like the banter between the two is fucking awesome. I learned new racist terms. <laughs> oh, I'll say them. So people, so I'll I'll say them. Yeah, he he called he called Nicholas uh, <laughs> Jesus. Nick Nolte called Eddie Murphy like watermelon. I honestly, I heard that. I'm like, why did he call him watermelon? Because and then I'll, and then you just looked at me and you're like, you know, black people watermelon. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He like called him. So he's like throwing these racist terms. Right at one point, he calls uh, Eddie Murphy a spear chucker, <laughs> and I was like. Whoa, yeah, I had to the- ask you about that too, because I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, and the funny thing with that whole like the banter going back and forth, Nick Nolte has said that, um, and I believe in his biography, he has said that the script wasn't finished, so they improvised a lot of that banter. Mm. So Nickel- Nick Nolte is like throwing these racist comments because he's like, "I'm gonna think the most racist thing, spear chucker, watermelon." I was like, "Damn, dude, what the fuck, man?" <laughs> so maybe Nick Nolte's kind of a racist. You don't know, maybe. Maybe. Um, Eddie Murphy. I so. Um, now I think about it, the plot is pretty simple. It is honestly simple, but it's like consistent. Yeah. They're they they're after the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin makes sense, and it's just really good when you see these two going back and forth, especially like that part where they finally start fighting. Mm-hmm. So, this is where the movie is so much better. And the whole buddy cop, how they hate each other kind of scene, as opposed to like Hobbs and Shaw. Right. Hobbs and Shaw, they hated each other. And did, did they, I don't remember, did they fight each other? Did, yeah, they did. See, I don't I even think rem- they did. I don't really remember it. But like, see, like seeing their banter, you're like, okay, like we're going to see you guys fight, whatever. This banter back and forth was like a great buildup to when they really did fight. And it was funny too, because it was like, Maybe back then it was the movies making white people look superior to black people or whatever. Yeah. But, like, he always caught Eddie Murphy's character whenever he was like, oh, I got a gun. I got a gun. I got a switchblade. Like, yeah, Eddie Murphy would do, like, these sleight of hands, like, I'm going to get this. And Nick Nolte would be like, no, that's how I do that. Like, come on, take it back. Like, take, let me take the gun back and shit. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, when they become more friends, then he's like, I keep it. Yeah, yeah, and like the funny thing is like Eddie Murphy, he's helping Nick Nolte, but at the same time, Eddie Murphy's like, listen, I haven't gotten laid in like 
two years. No, four years or something. No, it's a year and a half because he's only in jail for a year and a half and he only had six months left. Okay, yeah. He's like, yeah, I've got laid in a while. I'm trying to get some trim. And he like keeps trying to get laid. And they even kind of do like this thing where he, he felt like he's been in jail for so long. When he gets out, he's like, whoa. It's kind of like of a weird um, shift. Yeah. And what, and what he saw before going into the jail. Um, which I, I like that. Because it, it, it don't really explore, but it kind of gets you in the mindset of like, oh, this is what prison does. Prison really takes you out of the world when you come back in, uh, come back into the world. Even though you have only been in jail for like a year and a half, it's still like a fucking weird change yeah. to deal with. You Which sound like someone good. who's been in jail. No. <laughs> I, I do know people who have been in jail. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. And, it, <laughs> and the actions, I think the action is really good. Of course, it's, this is made like in 82, so they had to do practical effects. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. What? That just made me, that made me think of um, the doubles. The what? Doubles. The doubles? What's the that? Stunt doubles. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta tell that one. Yeah. So, like, the, so the scene where, like, they where Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy... They're getting. They're trying to get this guy. These guys, they're they're kind of being like two steps behind. Nick Nolte, kind of. Nick Nolte's like, "Fuck it, you're gonna tell me why you're dragging your feet, what you're hiding from me right now, you know?" And he's like, "If you don't tell me right now, I'm gonna like kick the shit out of you." And Nick Nolte, t- like, takes off his badge, his gun, takes off his badge, uh, takes off his badge, drops his gun, his handcuffs, and everything. And he's like, "But I fight dirty." And just punches Eddie Murphy. Then there's a scene where they're like throwing blows, but you can see stunt double there, stunt double there, stunt double. There. It looks so funny. And the guy who does it for Eddie Murphy is like, like twice his age. Twice his age. Looks a little bit bigger. Um, I noticed a couple of du- uh, the stunt double scenes with Nick Nolte, and you can tell that dude, his hair is fuller, nicer than Nick Nolte. Either that or he's wearing a wig, but like you can see it kind of from a distance, like he's making these weird squinty faces, and you realize, oh, that's the stunt double. I actually never could tell the difference between those two. Yeah. It was I, a lot easier to catch, I think, for Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, even though they, they try clever ways, like whenever they would be a stunt double, or whenever... Eddie Murphy was throwing punches and he had to do it uh, the right way. When the stunt double came in, they had his face uh, covered by like a shadow. Mm-hmm. But you can still tell that was not Eddie Murphy. You can see his double chin. Oh, it's tough. And his like droopy bottom lip. <laughs> That's true. Um, but that fight scene, I, I really like that fight scene because they look like they were really hitting each other. Well, they were because it was the ugly stunt doubles. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're, paid, they're paid to get hit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so as the movie progresses, like Eddie Murphy reveals that like, you know, the, the money's in his car and like they figure out a way how to like catch up to the guy who took the money. Um, there's some pretty cool gun fights that happen. And I say they're cool because during that time in the 80s, every gun sounds like a fucking hand cannon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like they like what, what did you say? Like they recorded what? What type oh, of gun? 50 cal. Yeah, like they record a 50 cal and just like, okay, every time they inserted the sound, they're like, it's 50 cal. Like, just put, just put this with every gun that goes off. It's like um, growing up in the early 90s mm-hmm. with like Sega and like Nintendo and you'd play like, I don't know, Streets of Rage or like whatever. And every time you'd hear a punch, it was like, 
yeah, like it, like it's oh, it's like um, it's like that. Uh, you haven't seen this, but like in Rocky Four, when Stallone's fighting Dolph Lundgren, mm-hmm. and where th- they're throwing blows, you swear like thunders coming from the each fist or some <laughs> shit. Like so like yeah, this is the time during the eighties where like every every gunshot sounds like a fucking cannon. I don't think they actually fully artists. They were, must have been like going through a phase where like like rock stars were constantly doing drugs and shit. So mm. fully artists probably were too. Like, yeah, that sounds like it'd be fucking awesome. And it did. <laughs> I love that sound. Every time I think of an eighties film, I think of like I think of You think of nostalgia. I think of I think of the boom, like the cannon guns, and then like the music, which I was like oh, all yeah. for. <laughs> You and that fucking music, you're like, oh my god, the music makes it sound so, like, awesome. And I'm like, it sounds irritating. I like the music. And I found out that the, the first, the, the, the music that played in the beginning of the film during the prison breakout scene is the exact same music that they played in Commando. The Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Really? Yeah, it's but it's done by the same artist whose uh, name is escaping me right now. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Um. Okay, so. Uh, eventually, what happens is like they chase the bad guys. Um, the bad guys end up on a bus, and there's like this gunfight driving scene. That's pretty cool, because like Eddie Murphy's firing. Um. Nick Nolte's firing away, bad guys firing away, mm-hmm. and it look it really looked like Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte firing those guns, driving that car. Yeah, which I thought was fucking awesome. Yeah, great stuff. Well, I like the bus because f- fucking what's his name, Sonny Landum looks ridiculous because he's so goddamn tall, and <laughs> yeah. his face is always really stoic. Yeah, that dude's he's his face is made out of stone. There was no reason for him to be in any movie because he can't act. He's just the same. Yeah, but he always plays like he always plays the badass. Like every badass with no emotions that really adds no value. Exactly. Um I think I don't know, I thought that was just funny to watch him in the fucking bus. (laughs) As the bus driver. Well he wasn't the bus driver, but this is him behind a wheel. Yeah. yeah. The wheels in the bus go round and round. <laughs> round and round. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. And then there's this, there's this cool little gunfight near the end where uh, Eddie Murphy's character gets caught by James, uh, by Gans. And Nick Nolte kind of comes in, you know, being super gruff. You know, <clears throat> you can go ahead and kill him. I don't care. All that kind of shit, and then kills kills Gans. And I thought that was cool, because oh wait, no, it wasn't cool. It was stupid. Because, remember, it was cool or it was stupid. It was cool because how he walked in, you know, ready to shoot the bad guy. But then <laughs> there's a part where Gans, like, you know, Eddie Murphy's like. Just fucking shoot him. Just. And before you finish the sentence, Nick Nolte shoots him, shoots the bad guy. Eddie Murphy gets away. And then Gans does that thing with the gun. You remember when he's like running with the gun? Oh, yeah. Okay, please. I want you to explain. <laughs> Gans is running with the gun. Wait, you know, you explain it. Okay, fine. <laughs> Gans is like, you fucking shot me. You fucking shot me. And chases him like, Ugh. and then holds the gun on it like it's a fucking samurai sword. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it gets like blasted like 15 <laughs> times. Because <laughs> just like 15 times out of like a six shooter. I, you know what? Honestly, I was forgetting about that because I was so distracted by the fact that. Did you see his face when they got onto the um, the subway platform? Who, or um, was it the subway platform? It was like a part where Gans came on the scene mm-hmm. and he looked like a fucking wild man. He was all like, <laughs> and he was like shooting and like, it was the worst look I've ever seen on anyone's face while fake firing a weapon. Well, check this out. James Remar often went without any sleep before shooting in scenes in order to give a bad guy give to give bad guy Gant a more washed out psychotic look. Hmm. Makes complete sense. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> I thought I thought he he did it. He did a great job as a psychotic fucking cop killer 80s. It wasn't him that I saw, it was Sunny Landum actually. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. But yeah, no, it was stupid though. His look on his face, like I didn't even recognize him. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. He definitely didn't look like a blonde hair, blue, uh, blonde, yeah, blonde hair, blue eye guy. Who, Gans? Yeah. He has brown hair. I meant Billy Bear. Oh, he wasn't blonde hair, black hair. I know. I was saying he doesn't look like the other guy. The other oh, guy gotcha, was gotcha. a lot fairer. Gotcha, gotcha. Roger, roger. <laughs> um, Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they you know kills the bad guy. Uh, Eddie Murphy goes back to jail. Mm. They have a little Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte are having understand. They're like, hey, you know, you're a good guy. You know, here this money is going to be waiting for you. I thought that part was cool. I really liked that. That they got the money. Eddie Murphy got the money, and then Nick Nolte was like, hey, when you get out of jail, like, because he's a cop. I mean, he's like he's hard nosed. He he, but he like he does his job. I like the fact that instead of being like, oh, I'm going to turn this money in because it's stolen money or whatever, or the money doesn't belong to you because it was drug money. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know what? This money's going to be waiting for you when you get out. Yeah. I thought that was, I, I liked that. And then like Eddie Murphy was like, yeah, like I totally believe you. Like you let me have my money. Let me help you because, you know, I know you don't make a lot of money as a cop. Yeah. Yeah, and then Nick Nolte was like, "Nah, I don't need anything. That's not my style." Okay, I like that. Well, he was like, "No, nah, yeah, that's not my style." But he was like, "Oh, but if I need like a couple thousand to go get a new car, you better hit me up." Yeah, because I, yeah, because he needed a new car after all the fucking chasing they did, and he just wanted another clunker. He didn't give a shit. But. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was cool. One thing I really didn't like with one thing that really bothered me with this film is um, Annette O'Toole who played uh see i didn't even know her name was elaine who played nick nolte's girlfriend and she, she what was her even purpose she, she just, didn't even have a purpose well here's the thing she just was just like the shouting like girlfriend who was like you, you're too much of a cop you need to be home with me and blah 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 but she came up as very nagging yeah which i didn't like she uh, had really pretty eyes though yeah and i i had found out that um that a lot of her scenes were cut they cut a lot of that shit uh, for time constraints and everything, but they gave, they gave her character more more depth. And for some reason, they they cut it for time constraints. And I mean, there were a couple of, like more of a, some boob shops, boob shots, but it was at a time where her and Nick Nolte were like together as a couple. 
Mm. So it, it expanded more in that relationship. And they fucking cut it out. And that bothered me. So, because they just made then the girl nice. They should have really just cut out her scenes entirely because they didn't make any sense. Yeah, they, she just came off as nice. I'm sure they, they did it. They're like, well, we're going to have Nick Nolte like, in a relationship. They're going to make it seem like he has something to go home to. But, like, you could have, like, really. You could have just let the character stay, like, have more scenes in the movie. Yeah. Instead of cutting him out. So, yeah. I, I love I still love this movie. I think it still holds up today. It sure it sure was a lot more fun than watching Hobbs and Shaw. Yes. I actually like this movie a lot a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um Actually, I think I saw in the trivia according to Eddie Murphy, his agent at the time was Walter Hill's girlfriend and recommended him to Hill. See, that was a great choice. It was a great choice and really like one of those things where it's like the universe was saying, like, hey, like, this dude is going to fucking do some shit. Which is funny because apparently Eddie Murphy um, has said that he almost got fired for not being funny. Really? Yeah. And he found out, like, after the movie had wrapped. I thought he was fucking hilarious. Of course, I love Eddie Murphy. So I thought his, his comedy was fucking hilarious. Yeah. That's the first time I've seen him in not a kid's movie. Yeah, like his like his most most recent movies, which are really shitty, except for like Dreamgirls, which I heard is good, and then he does a movie called Dolomite, Dolomite, mm-hmm. based off the Black Transportation film, which I'm hearing is good as well. But yeah. like his other films, like Pluto Nash and Haunted Mansion, Nutty Professor, Norbit, or Bert, or whatever. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. So would you be shocked to know that the film was actually supposed to come out in the 70s starring Clint Eastwood and Richard Pryor as the con? I think that would have been a fucking awesome fucking movie. Now that is like complete opposites. I would I love Richard Pryor. He's like one of my favorite comedians of all time. That would have been fucking great. I don't know anything about him. I just get a feeling for him. Oh, I got to show you his comedy specials. Man, that shit is good. Um but, Eddie but Mur- also Clint Eastwood can be funny sometimes. He's yeah. like not super funny, but he can be funny if he has like the right person to bounce off of, I think. Yeah, and his, his older movies are really great. Yeah. Like his, the, the Plus death. he was really hot. Oh my God. He was super hot. Really? He was. All right, whatever. Whatever. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Uh, Eddie Murphy did reveal that he was actually not the first choice. He was like fourth or fifth. Um, as you said earlier, Richard Pryor was originally going to be in it. Um, H- Howard E. Rollins Jr. and a young Denzel Washington. Really? That I don't think if I love Denzel Washington, I think he's one of the best actors of our generations. But that movie would not have been funny at all. If no, it was him. He's not that funny. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Rourke, Sylvester Stallone, and Burt Reynolds turned down the role. Thank God. <laughs> I don't know about Mickey Rourke because I don't know who that is. But the wrestler. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Stallone. I think Stallone would have been trying too hard to be. He wouldn't lead. have understood anything he said either. You get your clothes for eight hours. Good to go. Yeah. <laughs> and Burton Reynolds. He's not funny at all. Burton Reynolds. He doesn't have that. He didn't have. I, wouldn't think, I don't think he would have had that same grittiness as um nick nolte did in the film no because nick nolte nick nolte look his the way how he talks it seems like it seems like all he drinks is whiskey and smokes like two packs a day yeah yeah <laughs> i agree there and 
There are times I kind of thought maybe he was a little too gritty because mm. it's like you want to add, if you're talking about having the girlfriend for the sole purpose of showing that he has like humanity or whatever, mm. you're not doing a good job because all he does the whole time is cause everyone anxiety by being angry and fucking racist and like not having any chill bones in his body. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, oh, you know what? Before I forget, I really... I. We should have mentioned this earlier. I, I want to talk about that scene in the police station. Okay. The uh, So there's a scene in the film. I, it, I think it, it looks really great. It's a three-minute scene. And it's actually considered a track shot because there's no cuts at all. And I thought that scene was really great. I actually really enjoyed it, too. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you always pick up the track shots. I don't always. Mm-hmm. But... Um, what I really liked about it is that even though it was a really, it was a really busy scene. Yeah. It didn't look like it wasn't distracting. Like, yeah, it was purposefully busy and it was crafted really well. So like you get a sense that his world is chaotic mm-hmm. and that he's just living in that world. Like, and he thrives there. Yeah. Like that whole scene. Cause there's so much shit going in the background with like, all this crime in the city or whatever. But yet he's like super hyper focus. Yeah. Like there was like a body that they needed to identify. And he was able to be like picture pick like out of file. Look at the picture. He was like, isn't that the body? Isn't that the same guy? Mm-hmm. And like everybody was like, Oh yeah. Fucking he is a true detective or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought that scene was really great. I was just like, Holy shit. That's a dope ass track. The camera doesn't move a whole lot. It just kind of pans left, pans right and pans left. But it's cool. So cool that there's no cut. There's no need for a close-up. You just kind of... It's just, That whole scene just, like, sucks you into that police station. Yeah. All of all the papers rustling and, like, yeah. the phones <laughs> ringing. Ring, ring, and... ring, ring, Like, all that kind of shit. Yeah. It's just Mark <laughs> in the background going, ring, 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 ring. Yeah, like that's, that. that's how it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to know what the original storyline was? Yes. Okay. This is according to Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt. Uh... Okay, so Wikipedia says um, 48 Hours had the governor of Louisiana's uh, daughter kidnapped by a criminal who strapped a dynamite to her head and threatened to blow her up in 48 hours if the ransom was not met. The meanest cop goes to the worst prison in the state and gets out the most vicious criminal for his knowledge of the kidnapper who was his cellmate. Eddie Murphy. Vicious criminal. No, I like the. That, <laughs> no, that that's if that if that if that storyline is true, that makes it seem like a TV of the week or TV movie of the week kind of thing. Yeah, and also Eddie Murphy would not be good for that role. Yeah, or then you might as well part. just get Denzel, Denzel Washington. Washington. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So after this, you know, Eddie Murphy went off to great fame. Fucking for, uh, Beverly Hills Cop great fucking 80s film um which they're saying he recycled reggie hammond uh reggie hammond for that yeah walter harris said yeah that he felt that eddie murphy re, re- and it, it kind of uh, you, you you haven't seen beverly hills cop have you no no who am i talking to <laughs> <laughs> um, i can kind of see that i i've seen beverly hills cop one and two like a thousand times as a kid so i can kind of see that the, the the comedy beats and the action and the way how he carries himself is kind of like the same way, except in Beverly Hills Cop, Eddie Murphy's wearing like a, a sports jacket, like a sports coat, like a, I forgot what team, what's it for. Anyway, he just looks like a regular guy. Mm. He's just not wearing like a $500 suit. 
So that would have, I don't, oh yeah, so back to what I was saying. He goes off, makes all this money, sequel comes out, and wait, how does, how much money does Eddie Murphy make in the sequel? Uh, oh, f- I don't know, I, you said like seven million or something like that. Yeah, and another 48 hours, which is, I like the fact that, um, uh, for the film sequel, another forty hours, 90, 1999, Reportedly, Nick Nolte made three million, but Eddie Murphy earned seven million. Totally deserved it. He made. He's the only reason why that film was good. Like Nick Nolte is good, mm-hmm. but it's not good without Eddie Murphy. Yeah, absolutely. And then at that time, another forty hours. That's like the height of like Eddie Murphy's career. Uh, Boomerang, The Singlish Gentleman, Coming to America, all that stuff. Like, this is when that dude's on fucking fire. Yeah. So, great movie. Absolutely. I still love it. I hope Kelsey likes it, at least a little bit. I do. All right. <laughs> we got a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, so, yeah, is that, is that it for yep. this evening? That is it for the evening. Um, you know, we have completed our 48 hours of flexing. <laughs> um, we will tell you where you can reach us mm-hmm. which is the real appeal which we mentioned the real appeal at gmail.com mm-hmm. uh real appeal which is uh, uh facebook yeah real appeal facebook, and instagram i think instagram. and then appeal real for twitter yes real with two e's yeah yeah and uh also mm-hmm. why why are you doing that because i want you to tell them What's our next episode? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So we decided because we were doing like, you know, we were just giving the movie titles for our new review and our geriatric. No, no, no. Don't don't tell tell the title of the next episode yet. No, no. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Why why did I interrupt you? Because you want to be all mysterious. No, no, no. I want you to tell them what the next movie. I thought you were going to tell them like what the title of the next episode. Oh, no. Okay, no. Just... What's the, what, what movies are we going to cover? Wait, I just got to tell them okay. a little bit, though. Okay, okay. Sorry. We decided we're going to start morphing the titles. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to tell you how we do it. But it just came up with this really stupid, like, mashup idea. Mm-hmm. And it's, who did you do the Explorer? <laughs> and from dusk till dawn. Because <laughs> Danny Trejo. Yeah, and the Dora... What's the movie called? Dora the Explorer and... Let me see. Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Because next week, there are a lot of releases. There's not a, a whole lot of choices. We were going to do that scary stories to tell before going to bed or whatever. In the dark. In the dark. We were going to think about doing... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we were going to do that. And then Kelsey was like, no, let's do Dora and the Lost City. I was like... I was like, and then let's do Machete. Yeah, because Danny Trejo does the voice of Boots and Dora. And we're like... Shit, we gotta do a Danny Trail movie next. We're gonna do from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to show Kelsey that movie. <laughs> Love it. Rob Rodriguez film. <sighs> That's so great. Yes. We had so much fun. We're excited. Very. And we hope that you guys will join us on that episode. All right. Um, before we wrap up, um, wanna let you know that if you wanna know who did our intro music. Mm-hmm. It is Lee Llewellyn. Did he, those fat ass beats? <laughs> yeah, um, he made 
mine and Mark's intro. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is the vocalist and bassist for the band The Electric West. Good band? I haven't heard too much of their stuff, but I really actually like it. They do like dark retro wave stuff. Cool. Which is like totally up our alley. So Awesome. Yep. So we will see you next week and we will reveal the title and <laughs> bye <laughs> bye <laughs>